This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome in to another edition of Bragging Rights. It is week two preview time and we are here to break down all the action. A little bit of a weaker slate this week, uh, but still some good games ahead of us this weekend. Before we get into it, I need to introduce my co-host. I'm Madison and I'm joined as always by my brother Pierce. Pierce, how are you? I'm outstanding. Um, feels like we uh, just uh, got done with our last podcast after how crazy it was last night uh, with some outside factors. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back. It's good to preview this week. I will say, you know, this offseason we we were so excited about week one. And you also heard that, oh, well, week two looks pretty good too. And, and now after what unfolded in week one, definitely a, a little bit uh, weaker of a, of a scheduled slate on Saturday. But, um, you know, still have some very interesting matchups and some things to get into. And, hey, you never know because like we've talked about, um, big, uh, big overreactions after week one. So we'll see if uh, some some teams come back down to earth. If some teams that struggled, you know, show up and 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 show out and surprise people. So you know, still have some good storylines out there. Yeah, absolutely. Pierce is alluding to the fact that last night um, I had to heavily edit out some f bombs from myself because the internet would not stay connected. So we had to uh, redo. Um, several different things and reconnect several different times. But as you can hear, the voice is coming back. Pierce is back on a microphone, not streaming through his phone. Uh, so all is good. Sounds like you guys had some te- technical difficulties, Pierce, as well uh, in your fantasy draft, which is kind of one of the reasons we were under the gun last night with our uh, recap podcast. Uh, so he's got that again uh, tonight. Uh, we'll have to hear next week how they did in their uh, their fantasy picks. Anybody particularly that you guys are kind of salivating over for round one? No, we have... Or who's on your six, draft board, I should say. So it's a deep, deep league, 16 teams, um, and we have the 16th pick. So, uh, you know, we'll kind of be stuck in the range of it's a quarterback-heavy league. You can play two quarterbacks. So probably look be looking at, uh, you know, a Dak Prescott or, you know, some quarterback in that eight nine range you know maybe Ryan Tannehill or or someone along those lines um and we'll see we might go two quarterbacks we may uh we may flip uh and and if a running back falls we'll go running back but um it'll be interesting I think there'll be some changes uh made from last we did get through the first round last night so I think there were going to be some teams who'd you take uh so we had a running back fall to us so we ended up going Dak Prescott with our first pick and then on the 17th pick wraparound we had um we took Jonathan Taylor out of uh, Indianapolis, okay. the running back. So we'll gotcha. see. I think there are going to be a couple people that uh, switched their picks up from last night after, you know, when you're under the gun, you can sometimes make some crazy, uh, crazy mistakes. And so I think there will be some uh, changes tonight. So it ought to be uh, yeah. ought to be pretty interesting. Sure. You've had some time to think on it now, kind of reevaluate things. Understood. All right. Well, let's get into, Pierce, our week two slate here, starting off on Friday night, the Kansas Jayhawks and the number 17 ranked Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. Uh, that game is on ESPN2 at 730 Eastern time. Both of these teams 
did win their games last week, though uh, one was in more convincing fashion than the other. Kansas struggling to get it done versus South Dakota at home. Uh, Coastal Carolina took care of business versus the Citadel. Um, for what it's worth, Coastal Carolina put up a lot of offensive yards uh, in their game last week. Um, you know, and I, I would argue that the Citadel might be a better opponent than Kansas based on what we saw last week from Kansas. Um 614 yards of total offense. Pierce Grayson McCall had himself a pretty good night, 262 yards through the air, one touchdown pass. He went 16 for 19. Um, and then not to be outdone, running back Shramari Jones put up uh, just over 100 yards on nine carries and had two touchdowns himself. So uh, the line here is uh, 25. Chanticleers will be giving up 25 points. It is at home. It's on the uh, the teal turf, which is just an assault on my eyeballs, I do have to say. I- I'm, not a, I'm not a big deterrent on the Boise State turf, um, but the teal, there's something about the teal that just doesn't do it for me. It's almost like the color's washed out of it. It's so, You know when you go to Disney... Well, you know when you go to Disney World and, like, all of the bright, vibrant colors have just been beat down in the sun, uh, the Florida sun, for years on end, and they just kind of look muted? That's Ooh. how the Chanticleer's teal looks to me. Not I not the it. biggest fan of that. I get it. I get it. Um, it's a shock to the system. <laughs> the total here is 52. I'm going to take um, – I, I would put money on the over, honestly. I think the Chanticleer's are going to skip uh, – score early and often um I don't know if Kansas puts up any points I'm gonna guess that they see Pater a couple maybe once maybe once um but that being said I think that if you're in a position like the Chanticleers where you're coming from a group of five school um you know you've got to impress this is one of their opportunities to play even though it's just Kansas this is one of their opportunities to play a power five school and put up um an impressive uh, statistical game uh, if you do have any outside shot to make the playoffs. So I think that they're going to be out to prove themselves, even though it's against a very, you know, probably one of the worst teams in FBS. Um, I do like the Chanticleers here to cover. What say you in this game, Pierce, on Friday night? Golly, I've uh, I've done a lot of thinking about this game, and I so badly want to take Kansas, uh, you know, and, and, and not necessarily because I believe Kansas is, is talented enough Really, it's just a play on the uh, you know sh- against the public side. Obviously, everyone uh, publicly is on at the moment, and things can change. It's still really early, but at the moment, uh, uh, public money is obviously on Coastal, and the line has actually fallen a little bit in Kansas's favor, uh, meaning there's been some sharp money thrown in on it. But when you have a quarterback, I don't care. Um, I don't care, you know, about this big line as much. When you have a quarterback that can go out and throw and, and throw and score a lot of points, um, you just ride those quarterbacks because you can trust them. You know, if this team was really, really good, but you know had just kind of a game managing quarterback, I don't, I, I, I would be very hard pressed to uh, to not back Kansas. But with Grayson McCall at the helm, like you've mentioned, uh, I do think that Coastal Carolina will uh, will come out on top here and and. With it being under 28, I do think they will be able to get, um, you know, four touchdown lead and kind of coast to the to the finish line. All right, next up, uh, we have the biggest game of the weekend. I hate that it's at noon, uh, but that's the way the Big Ten likes to roll. The number 12 Oregon Ducks headed to the shoe to take on the number three Ohio State 
Buckeyes. That game, like I said, is at noon Eastern time over on Fox. Uh, the line that we will be picking at right now is Ohio State minus 14 and a half. Do you happen to know what this opened at? Has it moved at all, or is this what it opened at? Do you know? Uh, well, every book's different, obviously. I'm seeing uh, sure. the, the line opened at Ohio State minus 13, and it has jumped to 14 and a half according to this. Um, we're going to pick it at 14, uh, but yes, it has moved some. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I, the, the, the trap, I guess it's, I don't know if it's a trap pick per se, but I think that, you know, the, the logical pick would be to go with Ohio state. They're at home. Uh, this is their home opener. Um, you know, uh, Oregon had an injury on, from Thibodeau, which is a big one, big loss for them. Um, Ohio state had their own injuries as well. Their secondary is a little thin now. Um, that being said, uh, as far as these two teams performances last week, if you're just looking at the eye test, I think that your heart would say your or your head rather would say, um, Ohio state, though they did struggle early with Minnesota, they were able to put them away, uh, winning that game 45 to 31. On the flip side, Oregon uh, struggled with Fresno State at home. That being said, I am going to be on the Ducks in this one, Pierce, and I'll tell you why, because I think Fresno is a better team than we're giving them credit, um, and I think that, um, you know, Ohio State still breaking in a, a new QB with C.J. Stroud. Um, I think that, you know, don't get me wrong, I think Ohio State wins this game. I just think it's more like a 10-point game, not quite a 14, and I think it's, you know, a, a field goal to put it away late type of situation. I don't think it's necessarily down to the wire, but, I, I you know, this could be a backdoor cover situation. I mean, you could pick a multitude of ways to get there. My my head just my heart rather just thinks that Oregon's going to be in it more than this 14 and a half point spread um so that being said I am probably very reluctantly going to take Oregon I think that they're going to be able to put up points is my is my whole uh, the gist of it is I think they're going to be able to put up points uh alongside Ohio State Ohio State's got the better offense but I think Oregon um you know will be able to find those holes uh that Ohio State's going to have open up because of some of the issues on their secondary. So for that reason, give me the Ducks plus 14 and a half on the road. Yeah, I was really hoping with this game that we would see a line under 14 um, so that the two touchdowns for Ohio State would get it done. Um, obviously, with that half right point hook, number, I know, I know if it's at 14 and Ooh. a half, I'm not sure I would. Uh, risk it. Although I will say, I, I I fully believe. Now, listen, Fresno State's a decent team. They're 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 formidable. So you know, yeah, Oregon looked. You know, when you look at the surface level, you know, I bet people are ready to write them off. And and obviously, the public is showing on Ohio State side. Um, but I also kind of thought, uh, conversely, on the other side, it would be similar in a way with how for uh, Ohio State. You know, yes, they won uh, last week against Minnesota. But defensively, not only did they uh, did they struggle uh, just a little bit defensively, where they struggled was against the run game. Their their D line is supposed to be the uh, strength of that defense. Their linebackers as well, even though they lost some guys, uh, and their DBs are, are question marks. Now you saw Minnesota was able to run the ball effectively. They had some decent passing yards, but they couldn't take the top off the Ohio State team, and that's what you need to do in order to beat this team. We'll see if Oregon's able to do that. I personally just believe. At home, big game, 
question marks uh, for Ohio State offensively after their first game with C.J. Stroud. Um, I, I see him being more comfortable at home. I think Oregon's in for a uh, a, a bit of a shock um, uh, last after last week coming in and having to play on the road in one of the tougher environments in the country. Um, and at the end of the day, I just think this Ohio State team will be able to score and score some more um, and, and really dictate the pace of this game. Um, and I'm just not sure if I can trust this Oregon team to be able to consistently take the top off uh, the back end of that defense um, with, with downfield throws. So um, I, I expect this to be a fun game maybe you know for a half, uh, but eventually Ohio State will pull away and cover this, uh, this number 14. The South Carolina Gamecocks and the East Carolina Pirates will be showing down at ECU. That game is also at noon Eastern time on ESPN2. Last week, very interesting storyline for the Gamecocks in Shane Beamer's debut, Zeb Noland. Former graduate assistant uh, got the nod at starting QB. Luke Doty hurt, and uh, Beamer decided to go with Zebediah. I think that's his name. I think Zeb is short for Zebediah, which is a name that I have not heard maybe by an actual person ever. Um, (laughs) The line pierce on the road, South Carolina, is favored by two points. Listen, Zeb had a pretty good showing last week. Um, You know, for what it's worth, he did throw for four touchdowns, um, and they put up over 400 yards on offense. Um, I don't know if Luke Doty is going to be back. I don't know if he's going to be healthy. Uh, Kevin Harris, that's his name, right? It's Kevin, right? Why does that sound weird in my head? Um, Kevin Harris also was hurt. I don't know if he'll be back either. So some major power players are potentially out for the Gamecocks, which I don't love. Um, That being said, Eastern Eastern Carolina – East Carolina last week went down to App State 33-19. to Now, App State is good, so don't get me wrong. That's not necessarily, um, you know, a, a, a nobody, a, something to just kind of scoff at. But that it was still a blowout nonetheless. Um, you know, it's only two points. It is on the road. I think that this one is going to be very, very close. I kind of want to do something crazy and take East Carolina because I could potentially see them being a home dog and and winning this one outright. Um, But I think that I'm just going to go with the hot hand. I'm going to go with the more proven defense. And, And not only that, but East Carolina gave up almost 500 yards of offense uh, last week. So that scares me a little bit. Um, I think that uh, Shane Beamer has injected a little bit of life into this program, and I think that they squeak this one out on the road. But I do think if Zeb Nolan's under center, this could potentially be uh, an iffy one for the Gamecocks with their first really big opponent. Because last week they played who? East Illinois or East Indiana, something like that. East Illinois. East Illinois. So, you know, that was a nobody. So, you know, a 46 to nothing score is not something that's going to get me super excited. That being said, I think I am going to take the Gamecocks in this one because the line is just so little and I think they squeak it out late. So uh, give me Shane Beamer ball at uh, in, in uh, East Carolina. Yeah, first matchup between these two programs since 2016. Um, you know, it, it was weird. It was actually, you know, I don't know what I expected last week, but it was not pretty interesting to see South Carolina come out with uh with Zeb Nolan and who threw for four touchdowns and you know just looked like that older you know older quarterback that just knows how to get it done um you know smart with his reads and and doesn't take what's you know not given um I am hearing we'll see this is something to monitor I am hearing that all three of those players you mentioned 
Um, Luke Doty, Kevin Harris, and safety R.J. Roderick are expected to play. Um, you know, certainly Kevin Harris is the big one there, in my opinion. Uh, even if Doty's not back, I, I, I like South Carolina in this one. Um, I actually, this is one of my favorite plays of the week. Um, I think what you'll see out of this South Carolina team is they're going to struggle against the big boys because in the trenches, that's where they're going to struggle the most. But against these type of teams where the, the talent level is pretty similar, if not, you know, a little bit weaker, especially at some of the skill positions, I think you'll see uh, a South Carolina team that comes out and puts up, uh, you know, puts up points. So I would, I would have this more like South Carolina by six or seven. Um, I think they get it done by 10 to 14. Um, I just not, not real high on ECU this, uh, this season. So give me the Gamecocks, uh, at that small number. Next up, also at noon Eastern. So it's definitely a front loaded slate this week. Pierce, if you're not up and at them early, you're going to miss some of the more interesting games of the week on ESPN. The Pittsburgh Panthers going to Rocky top to take on the Tennessee volunteers. Um, the line there on the road pit is favored by three. Uh, listen, Tennessee was real excited after their game last week. They beat Bowling Green. Didn't cover the spread, though, but they did beat Bowling Green. Uh, and for a team that has really been kind of down down on their luck for the past decade, decade plus at this point, uh, that meant a lot to them. I can say that having, uh, you know, several, you know, obviously we grew up in Tennessee, uh, so I know, know a ton of them. Um, and then also just seeing, I mean, the elation was just on social media was over the top. It was Bowling Green, y'all. They're not projected to win an FBS game this year, or a, a single game this year. Uh, so, so chill, just chill. Um, that being said, good on them to go ahead and get that first win under their belt with Josh Heupel at the helm. But Pat Narduzzi is going to be throwing everything, including the kitchen, kitchen sink at the Volunteers. Um, I don't think that they get out of this one alive. I think Pitt is able to take care of business. We've seen plenty of blowout in uh, Neyland Stadium where Tennessee is just lifeless. I think that you potentially could be seeing that again. I think that you might have, because you do have, uh, you know, a, a, a quarterback who does have a little bit more competency than they've seen as of late. I think that Joe Milton might be able to inject a little bit of life. They were really good the first two drives, Pierce, when they were on script. It was when they had to start improvising uh, and make those adjustments on what you see from those first two drives that things started to fall off a little bit. So that being said, I do think once they kind of, you know, get going into, the, I think, the first same thing, first two drives, Tennessee looks good, and then I think it's all Pitt from here on out. Um, I think Pitt blows them out, and I'm going to, you know, that if we don't do this kind of thing, but other podcasts I listen to do locks of the week. This would be my lock of the week. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Panthers uh, by a lot in this one, in my opinion. Wow. Wow. By a lot. That's interesting. Um, yeah, you know, I, I really is, uh... just do not trust this Tennessee team. It was one game, y'all. It was one game. Talk about an overreaction. So this Overreaction is, uh... from Tennessee fans thinking that all of a sudden they're back. Hint, hint. I will, uh, I will have a play on this later in the, my easy peasy segment. Um, Interesting game, very interesting game, and while I think it has the potential to be very, very ugly, uh, I am actually quite excited for this game on this weaker slate um, to see because there are question marks for both these teams. Um, you know, an interesting thing to note, uh, these two teams play um, and in and, and what will be a game honoring Johnny Majors, the late Johnny Majors, who coached for actually both teams. So um, something interesting that ties these two programs together. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, listen, Tennessee – Showed some excitement last week, albeit against a bad team, but they they, they had, were up tempo. You know, Milton uh, was able to he – th he throws a pretty ball. He just doesn't know where it's going and doesn't really know how to make his reads. It's going to be all about the play calling for them. 
Um, I do expect Pitt's need to be pretty disciplined and to be able to, um, you know, slow and, and create some problems there on the, on that side of the ball. And then conversely, on the other side, I'm not sure I see a whole lot of explosion out of this Pitt Panthers team. And listen now, again, I've been hitting on this. Uh, you saw it in week one. These teams going on the road in these hostile environments, having not played in front of crowds in, in a long time. I think I heard a stat where in the Georgia-Clemson game last week, it was something like 50% of both teams, Georgia and Clemson, 50% of the players had not played in a stadium full, with full crowds. I mean, that's pretty alarming wow. right there. So I think this will be a slog. I do think Pittsburgh will will, will cover this measly number, but it, it, that number of three and a half scares me. I think this could be a pretty close game, um, and, and I'm kind of honestly hoping for like a late pit field goal um, or, or, you know, a breakdown on the back end of, of, of Tennessee's defense and, you know, late touchdown to cover this number. But I think this number, I think it'll be pretty close at the end of the day um, with uh, two teams that just aren't as explosive as uh, what you'd want to see. I think, just for clarification purposes, I think I said it was at three. Um, we did, when I texted you earlier today, it was at three and a half, so we will pick it at three and a half. doesn't change my pick. Also, to go back, I think I did the same in the South Carolina ECU game. I think I had that at two when I announced it, but we had it when I texted you today at two and a half. Still doesn't change my pick on that as well, but those half points will get you. So just uh, for, for record-keeping purposes, those games will be two and a half and three and a half, respectively, not two and three even. All right, next up. Your TCU Horn, Horn Frogs will be seeing the Cal Golden Bears come to Fort Worth. That game is at 3.30 Eastern on ESPN. Uh, now, last week, Pierce, TCU had a good showing. They beat out Duquesne University uh, 45-3. Meanwhile, Cal lost to Nevada 22-17. This line is at 11.5. Obviously, TCU favored in that one. Um 431 yards uh, for a team that's much better on defense. So you like to see that. Again, it's Duquesne. It's, not, it's nothing nothing huge. So overreactions in week one can be abound. Uh, you told me, and I agree with this. I mean, I agree like as if it's a thing that I have, can have an opinion on. Uh, but you said this, uh, and it's something good for the people to know too, that the most money you will make is in week two because the overreactions are rampant. We haven't really seen these teams against good tests, and they were knocking the rust off, especially coming off of 2020, to your point. A lot of people haven't played in full stadiums. Crowds are back. It's an adjustment everybody's got to take into account. Um, listen, I like Max Duggan in this. It's, uh, you know, I just think that I'm, I'm high on TCU every year until I'm not but they haven't given me reason to not be yet. So I'm going to take TCU in this one. I think they cover the 11 and a half easily. Um, you know, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm kind of sweating it out on the couch. Uh, that being said, like I said, I do like Max Duggan in this. I do like y'all's uh, defense. Gary Patterson defenses are always stout. And uh, Cal having lost to Nevada doesn't give me a ton of hope in their future. Uh, so give me TCU in this one. I'm assuming you'll probably go the same way that I just did. Man, I I'll tell you, I'm torn over this one. Um, and you know why? As a, uh, you know, having seen this program, the ups and the downs over the years, um, you know, this game, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm being somewhat sarcastic here, but this has the chance to be the best game of the week. And I mean that in probably a reverse way, in the opposite of what you're thinking. It could be a very, very ugly game. If you recall... One of the most incredible bowl games of, of the last 10 years, and by incredible, I mean the ugliest bowl game of the last 10 years, was the famed Cheez-It Bowl, where both these <laughs> teams 
had like eight turnovers, uh, you know, each side. I think our our quarterback had six or seven picks. Their quarterback had five or six, and it was the most ridiculously. Everyone went walked away going, "Well, that was some of the worst football I've ever seen." But God, was it fun just seeing those teams just struggle out there. So this has a chance to be that way. Um, you know, I, I, smart side. If if this was from a truly gambling perspective. I think I'd have a hard time not going California in this one. I I, I know that might shock you, but um, TCU is a heavy, heavy public favorite right now, and that scares me. I don't know what to expect coming off their win against Duquesne. I do expect this team to be good. I do. I've been saying that all offseason. But, again, they've had the talent. The problem has been the consistency the last year or two um, under Duggan. Uh, You know, he'll have hot streaks, he'll have hot games, and then he'll have cold streaks and cold games. So if he comes out and does his thing and that defense, you know, is, is shut down and, and plays to their ability, that they, they cover this spread. I'm going to go ahead for the uh, point of this pick em. Um I'm going to go ahead and back TCU at minus 11.5. But, boy, let me tell you, that is not an endorsement on the, from a gambling perspective because this one could be ugly. Uh, but but for the sake of this, I will go TCU um, and, and, and back Duggan because at the end of the day, if he shows up, they'll, they'll cover this number. The first game of the 2021 Commander's Cup, the Air Force Falcons and the Navy Midshipmen will be taking on each other at 3.30 Eastern on CBS. Uh, Now, Air Force took care of business last week. They took down, uh, who did they take down? I had this and then I just lost it. Um, Navy lost to Marshall. Marshall's a good team. Uh, Lafayette is who Air Force beat. Um, listen, you've got two different ske- schematics here, uh, two different kinds of teams. Um, one, if you haven't seen the threads that Navy's going to be wearing, that's an aside. That's just because I love uniforms. Uh, they're wearing their their blues that mimic their um, their dress uniforms. I'm getting the terminology all wrong, but anyways, they're going to be they're going to look real sharp. I'm going to really enjoy watching it on the TV. Um, the line Pierce uh, is minus five and a half Air Force favored in that one, um, and I think I'm going to go. I think oh gosh, you know I, I picked this game. You know how much I watch the the Armed Forces uh, teams, not not very much. But that being said, I think I'm going to take. Navy in this one. I think it's going to be pretty close. These two teams hate each other. This, these two teams hate each other probably more than Army-Navy. I know that Army-Navy is your stereotypical rivalry, and it's certainly the pageantry and everything is fantastic, but but Air Force and Navy really don't like each other, um, and there actually might be more of a rivalry and a hatred there for the people that actually are part of that rivalry. Um, so it's at home. I'm on a roll with Navy in this one. Neither of these teams covered the spread last week, um, and I think that it's going to be one of those things where if Navy can kind of slog it out it's gonna favor them um let's try to see if the weather would have any play in this either uh no it's gonna be bright and sunny so yeah i'm gonna take navy in this one for really no reason other than i just hope it's a close game i know very little about both of these teams so maybe you can uh, give me some insight and just tell me how wrong i'm about to be no no and screw you for putting this one on the board I didn't really yeah, I put two and two together, but listen, um, it's the 20th anniversary of 9/11 that this is going to be taking place. You just you, you you need to watch this one, if only because I'm sure the pageantry is going to be excellent, and um, you know, just one of those things where, um, you know, these these kids are going to be going fighting fighting for us. So, you know, give them a little bit of a love on the college football landscape as well. 
Certainly, certainly. And, and you know, at first glance, when I looked at this today, and I don't have too much of a, of a, a summary or analysis, um, you know, on the players and whatnot, but at first glance, this was definitely Air Force all the way for me. Um, but, but again, you hit on some good points. When you think about uh, this, this rivalry game, um, these two teams are going to play hard and fast and physical. Um, and, and again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with my theory that People are overreacting a bit to Navy's blowout loss last week to Marshall. Marshall is a good team now, and um, I think you'll see a much more motivated and, and inspired performance from the Navy midshipmen, and I do think they keep this um, you know, close and have the chance to potentially pull off the upset. I wish I could have gotten them at seven when it first opened at that uh, number, that touchdown number, uh, but I will take Navy in what I hope to be a, a close um, inspired, fun, interesting game between these two bitter rivals on, like you hit on it, you know, the 20th anniversary of 9-11. That's a, you know, the, 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 I'm sure the pageantry will be exciting. Um, the environment ought to be great, and it's at home for Navy, so I'll back the Navy midshipmen in this one by, by five and a half. Next up, the battle for the Cyhawk Trophy, the number 10 Iowa Hawkeyes and the number 9 Iowa State Cyclones in Ames. That game is at 4.30 Eastern on ABC. Uh, you know, we made the point last game, both of these teams play in very, like, it just feels like long, thick grass. They they just are very home. Uh, their home environments are very hostile, I should say. Um, the Cyclones at home are favored by four and a half. Uh, now, lest we need a little refresher on the Iowa game, they blew out Indiana at home last week. Iowa State uh, had a tough one against, uh, who did they play? I should have had that pulled up. Northern Iowa. Um, that being said, overreactions abound. I think that this is a trap, 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 trap game. I think that Iowa State is going to be able to uh, take care of business. I think it's close. Iowa's got one of those those better teams that they have. Like I said in the last podcast, they're kind of like Auburn in the sense that they'll have a few down years and then they'll have one year that you go, hey, are they going to, you know, are they are they good? Are they going to make it uh, all the way? Um it kind of feels like it might be one of those years that that might be an overreaction too. We don't really know. Indiana is a is not a good team. I think uh, you know. Uh, I think that that is not necessary. I think in retrospect, as we get farther and farther away from that game, it's going to look less and less like a uh, great victory. Um, I think Brock Purdy is going to step up and have some more um, confidence headed into this one. And if anything, these two teams are bitter, bitter rivals. Um, Listen, Iowa State did not look good last week. I'm not saying that they're necessarily going to run the table this year, uh, but I think that ultimately I do trust them in this one more than Iowa. So I am going to take the Cyclones minus that four and a half at home. What about you? So you know there are spots, and, and I will go ahead and say that. And, uh, that was a bit shocking from you. I, I, that was You're thinking more like a gambler now, Mass, and I like it. Um, Look at me. <laughs> Uh, I will say, you know, there are, there are certain narratives um, that you can just blindly back certain teams in certain spots. You know, we saw one last week. No matter who, how, how highly touted a, a team playing Alabama is in week one, it doesn't matter. You back blindly back Alabama in their first game of the season. They always come out and blow out that team no matter how good they are. Um, <clears throat> and I think, uh, I think, you know, Iowa State's kind of finding that narrative in the opposite sense where week one, just bet against them because – they seem to get out to these slow starts, in particular week one. They lost to Louisiana Lafayette uh, week one last year, and all they did was, you know, I think run the table and, and go to the Big 12 championship. I know they beat OU and, um, you know, really looked good doing it. So I am I am lockstep with you right now. I think Iowa coming off this uh, this big win, looking good doing it, 
But also, I think you're going to see, as and, and again, I'm really high on this Iowa team, but I think what you're going to see is you're going to see them go on the road away from Kinnick Stadium without that you know great home field advantage that they do have. And I think it's more an indictment against Indiana and them just not being as highly thought of as, as what people thought preseason-wise. Um, I know we hit on that last week. I, I loved Iowa. It was my favorite, it, one of my favorite bets of the week. Um, you know, they go on the road now. Iowa State is no, not an easy place to play either. Again, you hit on it. Slow turf. Um, I think you see an uptick in Purdy and Brees Hall's play. Um, and I think Iowa State gets this done in a heated rivalry game. Um, I don't know if it'll be pretty. Uh, and, and who knows? It might. This might be one of those numbers at the end of the day. I know it can't land on four and a half, but it might be one of those numbers where towards the end of the game, you're going, oh, my goodness, this could land right on four or five, um, literally. So it'll be a close game, but I, I, I'm going to play to my theory that, you know, people are going to overlook Iowa State coming off that horrid performance and uh, overvalue Iowa um, coming off their blowout against Indiana. I'm on the Cyclones minus four and a half, so I'm, I'm with you. All right, next up, the number 15 at Texas Longhorns and the Arkansas Razorback. That game is at 7 Eastern time on ESPN. And uh, when we got that liner, when I locked it in with you, uh, it was uh, Arkansas, the home dog, six and a half points they will be receiving. Um, last week, Arkansas took down Rice 38-17. to Texas made easy work of Louisiana Lafayette, a ranked Louisiana Lafayette, 38-18. to It was the Sarkeesian debut uh, in Austin. Hudson Card looked great. Bijan Robinson looked great. Now, I believe Bijan is going to be iffy for this one, if not out. Uh, he went down hard on a hyperextended leg, did not look necessarily the most pretty. Hopefully, he's okay. I don't have a 100% firm answer on that, so um, I'm just going to assume he's not going to see a ton of action in this one. Um, but that being said, uh, I think what it's going to come down to is going to be Barry Odom's defense in this one. Uh, now, the last time Barry Odom got a crack at a Steve Sarkeesian offense, it was the last game of the season when Arkansas lost to Alabama 52-3. to That being said, I don't believe that Sarkeesian has the same level of athletes as he did there in Tuscaloosa. Um, I think that Hudson Card is young. I think he's good. I think he's got a lot of potential. I think he's young. I think Arkansas is going to scheme the crap out of this one. It's at home. Uh, They're going to be getting six and a half points. I like the Razorbacks in this. Woo pig all day long. I think they could potentially win this one outright. Uh, Call me crazy. I just think we're overreacting to what we saw from Texas. While it was great, I think it's a bit of an overreaction. Um, And I think that Sam Pittman's done a pretty decent job of rallying this, these uh, guys in Arkansas. They've got the underdog mentality, and they really come out to play and come out swinging. And they impressed us in 2020, so this is their first real test to see whether that was a fluke or not uh, in Sam Pittman's first year. So I'm going to take Arkansas on this one plus the points. I don't know if they went out right. I'd love if they do. That being said, you give me six and a half at home versus a first-time QB in a full stadium. That's a hostile environment. I'm taking the Razorbacks in this one. What about you, Pierce? Uh, we're in lockstep. It seems like we're, uh, unlike last week, it seems we're kind of, uh, we're in agreement throughout this, uh, this card. Um, I'll hit on a couple things cause you, you did a great job breaking this one down. Um, namely at home for Arkansas. Um, you know, and if you, again, if you agree with, the um, not overreacting in a week one, a lot of people saw Arkansas and the highlights and them kind of struggling, uh, early with rice and, um, you know, all they did was end up covering the spread. Um, I know it wasn't pretty, 
but it was definitely a, a peak ahead game for them. Looking looking forward to this game with Texas. This is a, an old school rivalry with the Southwestern Conference ties or Southwest Conference ties um, back in the uh, back 30, 40 years ago. Arkansas does not like Texas. I don't know if Texas feels the same way um, personally, but I think that they, you're going to see an overreaction from them and what they did against Louisiana Lafayette. Don't take that away from them. That was still a big win. Um, but I think you're going to see an inspired effort from Arkansas. They didn't want to show their cards last week. Again, I'm not sure they have too many cards to show, show but they're going to keep everything from a wrinkle perspective uh, for this game, and, and, and you can trust them to come out and, and play, have an inspired effort. And I think you'll see their defense, truly, I think you'll see their defense stand up and, and play much better and, and really probably lead them to this cover or potential upset um, against Texas. I don't know if Texas is quite ready on the offensive line of scrimmage uh, to, to you know go to war with Arkansas and – and just physically dominate them. I think Arkansas will be able to hang in that area. And if Bijan Robinson is out, then I really like uh, Arkansas in the upset here, money line. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, with the Razorbacks um, in a in a renewed rivalry game where it just means more for Arkansas than I think it does for Texas. Um, another potential overreaction, Pierce, is what happened with Mississippi State last week. The NC State Wolfpack are going to be taking on the Bulldogs uh, in. Um, Starkville, I couldn't think of where they played for a second. I want to say Fayetteville, but that was the last game. That game is at ESP uh, on ESPN2 at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, now, the Wolfpack took, made easy business, took care of business, whatever phrase you want to use, versus USF at home. That game was a blowout, 45 to nothing, like I already alluded to, and we, I think we talked about this, maybe we didn't. Uh, Mississippi State had to go down to the wire versus Louisiana Tech. Uh, they, they, they came out to an early lead, and then it was kind of like the wheels fell off, and then they had to, uh, it went down, like I said, went down to the wire, comeback, victory versus Louisiana Tech at home. Um, you know, I don't know what to ever make of Mike Leach. I really don't. Um, he's one of those coaches that when you don't expect him to win, he does. And when you expect him to win, he doesn't. I don't know what to make of that. That being said, they will be getting two and a half points at home. Um, I I really th – this could potentially be another trap game. I don't know. Uh, I'm going back and forth with this if you can't tell. You know what? I'm going to go Wolfpack in this one. My my heart says Mississippi State, and I'm going to kick myself because I, I feel like they probably – I wouldn't be surprised if they end up winning. That being said, I think NC State's got a, a pretty good offense they're coming to town with, and I think that they're going to be able to hang with Mississippi State. And you know what? Until you give me reason to believe it's not a crap show in Starkville, I'm just not going to pick you. Um, so – I am going to take NC State in this one. I do think it's closer than we all would like it to be. Um, but I could easily see this being a blowout, too. I don't know. Like I said, Mike Leach is a crazy, crazy wild card to me. Um, but I'm going to roll with, with with the hot hand in this one. Uh, they did cover the spread last week, so I like that trend as well. I think that uh, Leary is able to lead his guys to a victory there in uh, Starkville. So give me the Wolfpack. I like it. I, I figured you were going to go this way, um, and I don't blame you. I, 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 I certainly think I or NC State's the better of the two teams. Um, this is definitely the, the least confident I am about any game on this slate that we're picking from today. Uh, but I'm going to go Mississippi State. Uh, uh, you know, I know you hinted on this could be a trap game for NC State, and, and I agree with you. My, my thing is it's not necessarily about Mississippi State, uh, you know, underperforming last week it's more so I just think NC State's gonna they're gonna start slow and they're gonna they, they I think they're gonna struggle in this game it was a lethargic crowd there in Starkville 
I think those cowbells will be rocking. Um, I expect a little bit quicker of a start from Mike Leach's team. Um, you know, they go in spurts now, so when they do ha- struggle, they, sh- they really struggle. Uh, but I do think you'll see an inspired effort, a peak ahead spot for them. I'm kind of viewing this almost as, um, you know, a bowl game. Um, and this would could potentially be a, one of those sleepy bowl games. And for whatever reason, I just trust the SEC a little bit more in those type of games, coupled with the fact that it, this one is at home for Mississippi State. Um, don't love it. Hell, really don't like it at all. Uh, but for the sake of this, I will pick Mississippi State plus the two and a half at home and what I think will be a better effort and hopefully maybe a late touchdown in order to get me this cover. And and to be fair, you know, to kind of back off my pick and kind of, uh, you know, uh, affirm yours, the ACC did not have a good showing last week. So this could be another one of those SEC-ACC rivals um, that the SEC just shows uh, the ACC who's the boss. So we'll see there. We're going to differ. One of the lone differing uh, games that we have of the week. Uh, last game of the week, Pierce, at 8 o'clock Eastern time on ABC, the Washington Huskies in the big house taking on the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan is favored in that one by seven points. Uh, of course, Washington really not a great showing last week. They lost to FCS School Montana Uh Dylan Morris had a woeful night through three interceptions. He did throw for over 200 yards, but three interceptions. They didn't even eclipse 300 yards total offense. Uh, they did they did okay defensively, but again, you got to put up points, especially against enough. I don't you couldn't even score versus an FCS school. A little bit questionable there. Um, Michigan, on the other hand, had a good night uh, last week or good day because they played during I don't know, midday or whatever because they were playing Western Michigan for God's sakes. Uh, so despite the 47 to 14 final, um, you know. Not a great team. That being said, Washington lost to not a great team. So take that for what you will. Uh, the line, if I didn't already say it, is Michigan favored by seven points at home. This is another potential trap game. This is one that I think that, uh, you know, I could go either way. And and my heart wants to say Washington because I think that would be really fun to have them go in there and upset Michigan. Um, you know what the hey, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say Washington uh, – uh, plus the points, I think Michigan squeaks this one out, but I think it's closer than comfort. I think that Washington was a, is able to right the ship a little bit, uh, but it being at the big house at night is going to be um, you know too much for them to handle. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think I just really want a fun game more than anything, and uh, Harbaugh's another one of those coaches that I can't quite trust, and I don't think he necessarily has all the pieces at Michigan to get it done. Um, so you, you just saw right there a live switch in the middle of my pick I just decided you know what let's have some fun I'm gonna go Washington in this one though I was firmly prepared to say Michigan uh because of what we saw last week but that being said trap game um I think that uh, I think I'm gonna go Washington I, I really do so that's my pick what about you here in this last game of the week you know you made that pick this pick much easier for me I uh I was gonna go opposite from you no matter what you took I you know when I first looked at these lines I thought yeah you know Washington's that clear overreaction Obviously losing to Montana, hell, probably the worst take I had in our preview pod was I thought Washington was going to win the Pac-12. Um, I'm not even sure if they're going to get to six or seven wins this season. Uh, they, they were that inept on offense. Apparently they are not going to be switching from their starting quarterback who really struggled against Montana. They're without their top three receivers, and their fourth receiver suffered, uh, suffered an injury against Montana. So literally they're down to their fifth, sixth, seventh receiver. Um, and their best defensive player is uh, is going to be out as well. Uh, I'm not even going to pro- 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 you know try to pronounce his name. Well, actually, I will. Zion Tupuola Fatui. I, I hope sounds that's, right I to hope me. I didn't butcher it. 
Um, he's out. Obviously, Ronnie Bell getting injured and out for the season. The star receiver for Michigan hurts. But I, I, I think this team, while you hit on it, I, I, I do not like trusting Michigan and Harbaugh, a Harbaugh-led team. Um, he has, you know, he been unable to prove that they can win any type of game like this, especially at home. They seem to, you know, they almost seem to lose more at home than they do on the on the road. I know I'm I'm probably off there, but just get that sense they they are susceptible to the upset. I think you'll see a little bit of an inspired performance from Washington. But at the end of the day, with a, how inept their offense was against Montana last week, to expect them to go on the road and with 108,000 people. Um, screaming at him. I like Michigan in this one. Um, it will probably be close. It will probably be ugly. But I think Michigan will get this done and cover the spread of seven. So give me the Wolverines in Ann Arbor to pull this one out. We shall see about that one. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the 10 games that we were looking ahead at for the week. But it is time for everyone's favorite segment. It's time to tell you where the money is this week. Pierce picked uh, his favorite line. Some of these might be repeats from what we just covered, but that's because that's how confident he is. So without further ado, it's time for Pierce's easy peasy picks. Yeah, a couple uh, couple games we already covered. Actually, uh, all four we have covered, but going a little bit different route in a couple of them. Um, won't, won't elaborate too much on this one, but first easy-peasy pick of the day um, of Saturday, South Carolina minus 2.5. We went into it. If you need to, to hear a breakdown again, you can go back. Um, you know, Even if they don't get Kevin Harris and Doty back and, and their stud safety, I still like them to win this game. I think, like I said, you'll see Beamer um, and his team be able to put up points against these non-SEC opponents. Um, and, and, and I just didn't like what I saw out of ECU against App State. Um, really just not not in that game uh, outside of the first quarter and a half. So um, give me South Carolina minus two and a half in what I just think is the better, more talented team. Second, let's go down to Rocky Top, baby. Got Pitt and Tennessee. But instead of taking a side here, I am going under the 56. Might be my favorite play of the weekend. Um, I mean, listen, last week against Bowling Green, you knew Tennessee would put up some points, but you also knew – they're not that great offensively at the same time. So th- that was an easy under for me to pull um, last week. I think you see much of the same. I think this is a, a slog. I don't see either of these teams having much explosive, uh, much many explosive plays at all. Um, so give me this uh, this this under 56 and what I think will be a pretty, pretty ugly game to watch, a defensive slugfest, um, really more an indictment on the lack of offensive firepower. Next, let's take it up to Columbus. Not going with the side here either. I am going over the 63-and-a-half. I love Ohio State in this one. I mean, listen, even if Kayvon Thibodeau plays, I still expect this Ohio State offense to be able to put up anywhere for 40-plus points in this one. I think C.J. Stroud settles down, I think, at home. He'll be able to hear, you know, the cadence from the offensive line, from the cadence from the quarterback. He'll be able to get in lockstep there. They won't have the, the, the rowdy crowd, you know, uh, making a lot of noise, making it difficult to hear or get any play calls, uh, you know, called in. Um, <clears throat> and they'll continue to run the ball well. And, listen, they just have studs on the outside. Just get them the, the ball, at, you know, and Alave can take, you know, a little swing pass, at the you know, 80 yards. So, um, And then I do think Oregon will figure out a way to, to score up to 25, 30 points in this one. I think this one um, will be a high-scoring affair. Ohio State didn't show me too much last last week, even though they didn't face a team that could take the top off on the back end. So give me the over 63 and a half in that one in what I think is a higher scoring affair. And last but not least, we hit on this one, so I won't go too much in depth, but Iowa State minus four. I think that they we got it at four and a half on our pick'em. I just think this Iowa State team uh, is being overlooked after that that poor performance against Northern Iowa. 
and I think I was being over, uh, being maybe too widely thought of as, oh gosh, they're going to blow this team out, this Iowa State team that looked horrible after what they did to Indiana. They go away from home, which is a big ordeal. Uh, it's a bit of rivalry game. I look for this one to be a little bit closer uh, than people expect. Uh, but at the end of the day, I do think Iowa State, with the direction of Brock Purdy and Brees Hall and Matt Campbell, get it done. They just have maybe the better skill position players top to bottom. So give me the Cyclones minus four and a half, and I'll meet you at the window. Hey, uh, to your point about picking the under there in that one game, uh, the unders had a really, really good week last week. They're not fun. They're not sexy to pick. Uh, but that, that trend so far is holding true. And if you believe it's the year of the defense, unders are going to be looking good. I got one to add to you, Pierce. The Utah Utes and the BYU Cougars will be taking place uh, on uh, 10-15. I don't know if I'm going to stay up for that one, but 10-15 on Saturday night. Uh, that line is Utah favored by seven. Hammer Utah. BYU lost a ton of production last year, and their top receiver, Gunnar Romney, is out. I don't know for how long, but I know for this game he's out. Uh, so that's going to be probably my best play is uh, Utah on that one. They're going to blow out uh, BYU, I believe, there in um, Provo. And if you are uh, if you really just want to, to torture yourself, uh, Vanderbilt and Colorado State both went winless last week. Uh, the line is 50 and a half points. I think you've got two really inept teams, and I think it's going to be a comedy of errors. I might take the under in that one. So those are my two uh, plays. I don't know if the second one's really easy peasy so much as a, hey, this would be interesting. Um, <laughs> but I uh, I think Utah is an easy, easy pick. Uh, so that's where we think the money is this week. Not that we condone gambling here at Bragging Rights, but uh, if you were to gamble, that's where we think you'd win some money. All right, well, that's going to do it here for this week of the Bragging Rights Podcast. We'll be back next week to recap all of this action. Uh, because of our technical difficulties last week, we didn't have, or last week, last night, feels like a million years ago at this point, uh, we didn't have braggers of the week, and we did not have our good, bads, and our uglies. We'll have to double up next week with our uh, recaps. But let us know on social media as you're watching the games who you would nominate uh, for bragger of the week and good, bads, and uglies. We want to hear from you. You can chime into the conversation by following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Pod. That's bragging without the G. And if you're not already following us, following, not subscribing, because that's the terminology that podcast platforms use nowadays, uh, make sure you're following this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Before you know it, we'll be back. Enjoy your weekend with lots of football. Hopefully, we've got some good games. But until next time, I'm Madison. And I'm Pierce. Stay blessed, y'all.